a group of inept amateur superheroes hired to escape a hostile blockade to find allies discover just how dark eternal life is. Somebody write this. Hi, and welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea and then brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest. Let's welcome Amy Michelle Carpenter. Hi, Amy. Hi, I'm Amy (laughs) Michelle, and I'm so excited to be here today. Awesome. We're so excited to have you. You were referred to us by a a previous guest, Julie, uh, Julie Hahn. And so we are very excited to have you joining us. Yay. Uh, So when we were talking a little bit at the beginning of the show about what would be a good peek into kind of your process as a storyteller, you mentioned that you really love character. So talk to me a little bit about what you do to develop rich and interesting characters for for yourself and your readers. Yes. So I love creating very different and unique characters. And a lot of the time in my books, I have several viewpoint characters. So it's a lot of fun for me to to just learn more about character growth and development. I read this amazing book that wasn't written for fiction writers or anything, but it was just on personality types. And I learned some like really cool things. Like for instance, if you're a red personality type and you are upset, you'll lean forward. But if you're a green personality type and you're feeling upset you'll lean backwards just crazy stuff like that so it was really fun to get into like the nitty-gritty of it so when you're first conceptualizing your characters do you tend to segregate them like that in personality types or where, where does the first big picture idea of who this character is before you dig down into the details um i think it really just starts with people who i see either tv personality types or in the world around me and i just take pieces that i love and interesting character quirks to come up with an idea for a character. So that's where it starts. When you watch other characters or read about them, what are some things that really draw you to them? They're just different. They're one of a kind. And I really love that. And when I say TV, it's not fictional characters. So I'm not like copying. Hmm. It's like reality TV. <laughs> and so and so I just love to see people who have certain things about them like there's this girl that I met in high school who was like so fascinating because she was this ballerina but she was just really tough and rough and seeing that collision of different aspects come together was so fascinating so I, I like to see characters like that in the real world yeah no I, I love this because I uh, my main job is I teach theater. I teach acting a lot. And one of the things that I tell people a lot is to observe and watch how people move differently and speak differently and react differently to people around them. And it's very much applicable to writing as well. When you're developing a story, does it tend to be characters first and then the plot flows out of them? Or do you create kind of a general plot first and then your characters grow into themselves influenced by that? I I definitely write character-driven stories. It's really exciting for me to focus on the character arc and so like with the book that I just that just came out becoming human it's all about a girl who has no emotions coming to fill the emotions so it's a really large character arc so I definitely say that my stories are character driven 
what is it like writing characters who are really different from you? Because there's can be a kind of satisfaction about writing a character that you really connect with. But there's also a, a sense that it can be really interesting to write somebody who is nothing like you at all. So aside from maybe observing people, what are some things that you do for yourself to kind of get yourself into the mindset to write as somebody who is nothing like you at all? Well, one big thing that I do is I have to go back and look at things that I've previously written so that I can get back into the character. As far as like trying to understand people who are different from me, I think I do have like a theater background like you. And so I think that has really helped because I, I'm able to like imagine and pretend, I guess. Who are some of your favorite fictional characters? Ones that you think are written just really extremely well. All of the characters in Harry Potter. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty given, but they, they really are interesting and unique. I love a book I just recently read, which I'm probably going to recommend at the end, is A Dress for Wicked. And I thought the characters in there were really fun. They had a good variety of like a girl who's kind of dark and morbid and a girl who's the farm girl, who's a girl who's really sweet and upbeat, but there's really a lot more to her once you peel back the surface. So that one was a really awesome character-driven story. Okay, and I guess as my last question, you know, looking at, for you, it's so important that the characters be distinct in and of themselves, that they're not like, they don't just blend in with all the other characters. So how, when you're writing, do you make sure that you keep that, that you add depth to that? Because you could end up with something kind of sitcom-y, <laughs> where like everybody has the one character trait and that's all they are. And they're all different, but they're not very deep. So when you're writing something or creating something, how do you add depth to that character besides just making them one strong character point? Well, if you look at people in the real world, there is a lot of that depth. So I think when I'm pulling these pieces from the real world, that's very helpful because it automatically makes a person that's not cliche, that's not one dimensional. They have those elements, like I said, with that girl that, you know, yeah, she's a ballerina, but like, you know, she would go around punching people and stuff does all come down to observation. That is a really, really strong, powerful tool. And it's cool to hear how that works for you. All right. Well, we'll give you a chance to talk a little bit more about your work at the end, but let's go ahead and jump into our brainstorming. Our very complicated plot is a group of inept amateur superheroes hired to escape a hostile blockade to find allies discover just how dark eternal life is. They're trying to leave the blockade to find allies presumably for the people who are behind the blockade with them. And then are they escaping into the afterlife? Mm, I'm thinking that they have something that they get that gives them eternal life. And so that's how they discover how dark it is. Or something somebody else gets. They end up immortal <laughs> because of this. Okay, okay. And what makes eternal life dark for them like in the moment? Or is this spanning millennia? <laughs> Maybe it turns them into superhero vampires. <laughs> oh, okay. So I like the idea that this it's they're inept amateur superheroes and then they like get superpowers of never dying. Yes, and... that that definitely adds a crazy layer to it, I think. If they become immortal as well as inept. The part of this that is intriguing me is where it says hired to escape. Yeah. So it's like there's all these people behind a hostile blockade and these these amateur superheroes have to be paid to try to escape and find allies okay okay so here's 
there's maybe a bit of a, of a character motivation here for them. So maybe they're inept amateur superheroes who don't actually want to be superheroes. They just like superhero <laughs> con men. <laughs> and so they pretend that they can do all this stuff. And so they, they are asked to go out and find allies and they don't really want to do it because it's dangerous. And they, but you know, hate money. Exactly. So they demand money. And then when they get out there, they actually get these superhero powers of immortality. And now they have a little bit of a moral dilemma. Like, we don't really have an excuse now for not fighting as a superhero. Can we actually do it? And do we want to? Yeah, and do we want to? So you've got you've got a character motivation I, there of them. Yeah, I, I feel like this would create a division in their little group. Yeah. Yeah, I think there'd be some who'd be like, let's do it. <laughs> and others who are like, absolutely not. Yeah, I wonder what kind of powers that they'd have if they'd have different kinds of powers or the same. And would they be related or not to the powers they pretended to have? Oh, that would be... Like, your wish has been granted, blah ha 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 Well, I no. wonder if they have... If it's somehow inspired by the, uh, the made-up costumes that they have or something. Yeah. Or if the if whoever's hostile on the outside, like maybe it, it, maybe it's aliens or someone with other huge magical or uh, otherworldly powers and maybe they find them and yeah, essentially grant them the wish to be who they're pretending to be. So the entire planet is within this blockade. Or, or sectioned off behind several blockades. Well, I was just thinking of Maze Runner or something. I'm a big fan of dystopian and it makes yeah, sense yeah. to me that in a blockade... It'd be, I mean, this one's hostile, but maybe it's just hostile because everyone's angry and aggressive and tired of being stuck together, but it's more hostile on the outside, which would be why escaping it would be hard in the first place. And like Maze Runner, it could be one of those things where a lot of dystopian actually, where it starts off really small in one community and they just have no idea what's outside beyond that community. And maybe they leave and find that there are thousands of other smaller communities constrained and confined in the same way all over the planet. And then once they make those connections, somebody's like, hey, I know these guys who do superhero stuff. Character question here is what started this group of, I assume they're friends if they're working together this way. Yeah. But like, what what started the fake superhero thing? Maybe they were just a bunch of kids who were desperate to make money in tough situations or something. Maybe, okay, so we it needs to be convincing in some way. Like, you don't just get to go up to somebody and say, I'm a superhero, and then they start sending you out on missions to save the world. Yeah, Hercules tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> so maybe, maybe they found, found like some old tech that nobody has, nobody even knows is around. Maybe they were playing around at the edge of the blockade and found something buried. And they discovered that they can use it to create some kind of illusion or do something that gives them the illusion of having power. And so they use it just to make a living and do essentially magic shows. <laughs> um, but but they know that there's there are limitations to that. Like it doesn't give them much actual protection for anything. <laughs> this is sounding a little like a bug's life. <laughs> Circus <laughs> bugs! A little bit. <laughs> And anything that's too dangerous, anything that they can't do, they'll like give an excuse for why they, you know, this isn't, maybe they pretend that they have knowledge of, of, of the future as well. And they're like, no, it's, we can't do that. It's, it will disrupt the balance of the right. world. Well, of course, that, that would be a great fake power. Like, no, I can see the future and then just predict vague things that nobody yeah. can. So why now? Like, why now are they deciding to leave the blockade or are people saying that it's time to leave? 
Yeah, something got bigger. They're trying to find allies. Does somebody behind the blockade get a message? Maybe something's going wrong in the community, kind of mm. like City of Ember or something. So, like, the community's yeah. falling apart, so they need to find more people to... They, they Yeah, they got a message that the supplies that they needed existed somewhere or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes sense that they're... And they need to find allies. They need to find other people to help them. Yeah, so, like, maybe the water supply is rancid or something like that. So I guess the question... It's got to be something we're finding people and not just supplies is important. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm wondering if... um, Are they dying it's... out? Maybe they ran out of men. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, 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 I am wondering, like, are they are they dying out or being, like, replaced by something? Because, <laughs> see, I'm, see, I'm thinking, have they reached the point where it's not just about solving individual issues like you know the water going rancid or we're kind of running out of food or oh no more, more no more men but like they've realized as a as a whole that they need to get out of this blockade like they they should not be blockaded <gasps> and they want to beat whoever's blockading them and they're gonna need allies to do that oh shoot no okay so what? here <laughs> the superhero team makes up <laughs> that they're oh, receiving no. That they're receiving messages from somebody else out there and they, they're using it just to gain <laughs> right. for themselves, but then they take it seriously. And oh, so no, they can't back down. They right. can't take it back without revealing that they don't have any powers at all. Right. Go get them. They can help us. Uh, uh. And they're like, uh, I, I mean, uh, no, they don't want to help us. And they're like, no, you can surely convince them. <laughs> Maybe they really want to get out of the wall. Like they're sick of being stuck in the community and so tricking everyone and making them think that they're getting these messages and that everything's going wrong is a way for them to get out are they like they could definitely be using this as a as a power grab like they're saying hey we're hearing that uh you need to do this and then they set up like a little mini system inside the blockade that profits them i don't know so i i love the the karma of them having to then defend themselves and go out in search of these things that as far as they know they've made up that's ooh. i'm gonna pause so that we can get a title Right? It's K Smiley and the rescue mission to a mysterious planet. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, we have a name. <laughs> yep, K Smiley is their secret yeah. gang. <laughs> yeah, it's either the name of the of the group, like the Avengers, <laughs> this is right. K Smiley, or it's the name of like the leader. Like his superhero oh. name. <laughs> I'm K Smiley here to save the day. And he's got like an emoji on his chest. Or the name right. of the person that they make up that they're hearing from. Oh, maybe. <laughs> That's hilarious. Rescue mission to a mystery. It's so perfect. <laughs> so does escaping the blockade, is the blockade like around a spaceship and he gets down to a planet? I love that. I'm all about sci-fi, so yeah, that would be fun. I'm thinking something bigger than a spaceship. I'm thinking space station, something yeah. in orbit, something big. Because obviously we have like a civilization you know, maybe not thriving, but surviving here. So maybe they've been there because generations ago, a group of Earth people <laughs> uh, went to fly to this planet and were blockaded on all sides and could not get back home. And the aliens on the planet allowed, they were able to survive. They had replicated the aliens, kept their tech alive. It's their little zoo of humans. Um, but it's been generations and none of the people born there uh, 
who are alive there now remember anything about before. So they're trying right. to escape the blockade to get back down to this planet where they're given superpowers and immortality. And it's dark. So, oh, this is interesting. So, <laughs> right? so this is making me wonder about the aliens' motivations. Like, are they just studying humans? D- did they pull a GLaDOS and kill everybody on the planet already and now they need new toys to play with? Maybe they need the resources that the humans had on planet Earth so they need to keep them in their space station. Mm. And, and it could even be as simple as just, they just don't want them there, but they don't want them going back home to tell anybody about it. But maybe they have a little bit of a of an ethical code where they can't just kill them. <laughs> so they're like, we're going to keep them. We're going to suspend them up there. Yeah, they're like, maybe they're just imprisoning humanity because they think humanity is dangerous on the galaxy or the universe. And they don't want to kill them, but they just don't want that now that humans have more tech there, they just want to keep them there. So it's a nature preserve. <laughs> yeah, run it's wild a museum. In, the, in space. They made it to orbit. We can't let them go any farther. <laughs> well, I'm curious as to how much they, if this has been generations, like maybe they don't even know that there are more people up there anymore. Like maybe they didn't think that they were capable of reproducing in space or something. And so they were like, we'll just, you know, just like removing the engine of a car <laughs> and leaving it there. So maybe they don't know anyone is up there. We're coming toward the end of this, but I want to make sure. And okay, so there is a thing I want to deal with. So the rescue mission to a mysterious planet is our is a part of our title. Who are they rescuing from the planet? The allies? K-Smiley? They left the space station to find allies. So they're technically trying to rescue the people on the space station. Or the people who put them there. I wonder if the the aliens who put them there now things have gone bad for them. And so mm. once they get out of their blockade, they decide to go and like they def- they find out that the aliens are in like a bad situation. Oh, I yeah. love that. I love that. So like so that's why they the aliens give them the powers. Yeah, the aliens give them the powers because I mean maybe they give it into them immediately because they get down on the planet and like start dying <laughs> because it's not a hospitable <laughs> so, planet. Quick, and so they in them saving them they give them eternal life. <laughs> So, so what what is it that the humans can do with these powers that the aliens can't? Hmm. I don't know if it's the powers themselves. It's just to live on their planet, they need superpowers. But then maybe it's extra knowledge. Maybe the aliens have been stuck on this planet. And the, the tech that they have in their spaceship is going to be useful to build their own ship to leave. Yeah, that's interesting. What if what if they put the humans in the space station and like they were only borrowing the planet and whatever they were attempting to do, be it benevolent or not, just did not work? Mm. Mm, I like that. I like that too. Okay. <laughs> no, that's opening way too many questions and we are at time. <laughs> ah, read, listeners, we need you. There's so much. We're going to toss this out to our listeners and say, please figure this out for us. We have like, I feel like we just got to the surface of like, what's a really fascinating world building. This could be Uh, so epic. It could be so epic. Yeah. Great space opera. Yeah. With immortality and superheroes. And yeah, there's so much you could do with this. So please, if you come up with any ideas or just want to add something to the conversation, please feel free to contact us. We'll give you our contact info at the end of the podcast. We would love to hear from you about anything that you have to say about this, because I feel like we've just scratched the surface. Seriously. Uh, (laughs) And go into more detail about Kay Smiley. I want to know who Kay Smiley is. Right. We kind of glossed over that, but I want to know about Kay Smiley. 
So let's go ahead and transition to our recommendations, where we each take a second to recommend a story that we think people should check out. So I'd like to recommend a series that I fell in love with last year that uh, has just gotten made into a movie that from what I hear is not that great, but the books are amazing. And that's the Chaos Walking series by Patrick Ness. The first book is called The Knife of Never Letting Go. And it is sci-fi and fantasy and uh, people having to adapt to live in different places. And it's just one of the most engaging stories. It was, I don't read a lot of series these days, but I finished the first book and immediately bought the second one because I had to know what happened next. And it does a really great job of, as we were talking at the beginning, about making distinct, unique characters who are really interesting and really lovely to follow along with. Um, so highly recommend it. The Knife of Never Letting Go, and then the rest of the series. All right, Jenny, what would you like to recommend? So now for something completely different. <laughs> um, last last episode, I recommended a fairly recent Jackie Chan movie. Uh, it was 2019, and I still recommend you go see that. But I want to recommend another Jackie Chan movie. This one is called Mr. Nice Guy. And it's earlier in his career it's goofy the dialogue is terrible the dubbing is kind of fun to watch you know people's mouths move and it doesn't quite match uh but the the fight scenes are just so fun and it's jackie chan at his most adorable he plays um this chef actually who gets caught up in some kind of black market gang thing and uh he just ends up with like this videotape that he shouldn't have and so half the movie is him going, no, I don't want to fight. And then all the bad guys come after him anyway. And he throws a ladder at them or whatever, you know, and it's just, it's just pure, pure fun. Uh, so, you know, go, if you need cheering up, go watch that one. That does awesome. sound fun. Right. All right. Let me toss it over to our guest. What would you like to recommend for our audience? Uh, so I mentioned it earlier, but I'd like to recommend A Dress for the Wicked by Autumn Crace. I just finished reading it, and it's basically Project Runway meets Victorian society. So wow. nothing to do with the aliens that we talked about today, but it's just a great read. <laughs> Sounds amazing. So it is a, a dress as in a dress, not a dress like a speech. <laughs> yes, a, a dress. Yes. Awesome. I'll have to add that to my read list. You should read it, Definitely. Before we go, I want to make sure and give you a chance to plug anything of your own. Tell us where we can get your books. Do you have a website? Do you have social media? Anything you'd like to share for our listeners? I do. I have all of those things. So my website is amymichellecarpenterwrites.com. And you can find me on Instagram at author Amy Michelle Carpenter. My debut novel just released December. And it's called Becoming Human. And it's a great alien story about three characters who have who come from different planets who have to accept one another to save all of humanity. Ooh, that sounds cool. Fantastic. That's very cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I'll have to, to keep an eye out for that. And once again, thank you so much for joining us. This one, we got so much, so much out of it, out of this bizarre plot. And I absolutely love what you were able to bring with that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Yeah. All right, folks. That is our episode. As a reminder, you can find us every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at WriteThisPod. And if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or an epic space saga or anything else, email us at somebodywritethis at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks and we'll see you then. And as they say, gibberish does not a proverb make.